This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Okay, guys, we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this bright but cold and brisky Sunday morning here in Harlem. So, again, my name is Selena Hill. We have Stanley Fritz on the ones and twos and Alyssa Fuchs dropping that science and legal knowledge. What? Science? Yeah, like oh, si- political science. I see. No, like you know, like like the like a slang term. What? Like who? science? Like you just drop science? You who? just drop math? Who you math? Yes, what? but science is not. They a slang say term. Stanley. That's not slang. Where in South Oldham Park, Queens? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. So, you know who cares about South Oldham Park, Queens? No you one. You need to. All right. Anyway, anyway, let's just bring it back. All right. So Stanley's just played formation, and I was in a good mindset. Before huh. he started talking, oh, right? I got a really interesting news story. I want oh, to yeah. jump in with right here. Well, so. actually, I'm going to start it off because, all right, and again, guys, if you are if you are listening and you have a fun story, something that irked you, and you want to chime in, the number is two one two six five zero six nine zero three. So I was talking about Beyonce formation, and that's because we all need to salute and bow down to the queen. She has started her own athletic wear line, and she didn't even like partner like she's she partnered with Top Shot, but it's like a fifty fifty percent ownership so she's not just endorsing a line like people um like i think like rihanna like she's doing with puma and like you have other celebrities that endorse um you know different things and products so beyonce is actually owning it i mean we just have to take our hats off she named the line after her daughter blue ivy and i mean it's, it's so popular already i can't wait for it to drop and i think that you know more than likely i think we're all going to be wearing that new line it's ivy park so definitely look out for that just want to Make sure you guys are looking out for that. Interesting. So here's something uh, <laughs> to that's really important, and it's about Merrick Garland. No, I mean, a black woman doing her thing in business is important. I'm well, not saying it's not. Lululemon, a.k.a. White Girl Yoga Pants, actually tried to send for her on Twitter, and the beehive went crazy. What she said? And dragged them. They were just like, imitation is the best form of flattery. I Oh, go on. And the beehive just destroyed them. So, Selena, we acknowledge your article. <laughs> Alyssa, real stuff. All right, yes. So, I wanted to give you an update on what's going on with the Merrick Garland nomination. Um, and the update really is nothing's going on. The Senate still is not doing their job. But, 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 there's a very interesting article this morning in the Washington Post. It's written by a lawyer, Gregory Discant. He is a lawyer with the firm Patterson, Belknap, Webb, and Tyler. That is a very big firm. If you don't know who they are, they're fancy big firm. Anyways, um, so he says, he wrote in the article this morning that the advice and consent clause of the Constitution says that, like, the Senate has to advise and consent, but that essentially the president can give them the opportunity to do that. And if they don't, that just like in law, like if you don't answer certain legal papers by a certain period of time, you are right to answer those papers. It's considered waived. You literally waive your right to respond to certain papers. So what he writes is that the president has nominated Merrick Garland. He submitted his nomination to the Senate that the president should advise the Senate. He will that it will deem sorry that the president will deem the Senate's failure to act by a specified reasonable date in the future to constitute a deliberate waiver of the right to give advice and consent and that the the date would be chosen based on the historical average um the longest wait has been 125 days the short the historical address is uh the sorry historical average uh, is about 25 days and so that suggests that a 90-day window would be a perfectly reasonable amount of time for the senate to consider garlic's garland's nomination otherwise obama could conclude after 90 days that the senate senate has actually 
actually waived its right to participate under the Constitution and could exercise his power to name Garland to the Supreme Court without the Senate ever taking a vote. So that is a very interesting uh, proposal. It is different than the president making a recess appointment when the Senate is not actually in session. It's literally him saying... You guys have 90 days to take a, you know, hold hearings and take a vote. And if you don't do it in 90 days, then you, I'm going to deem it a waiver and I'm going to appoint him without your advice and consent because you will have waived your ability to or waived your role as advisor and consent. So. That's really cool. But here's my thing. The only reason I liked Merrick Garland as a pick was because I thought that he wouldn't get through and right. then we'd actually get someone we liked. Yeah, so this, <laughs> I thought that was the strategy yeah. behind it. Well, it is it is partially the strategy behind it. But at the same time, um, the court is actually, you know, suffering, not yeah, having an, another yeah. member. So, right. like, yes, of course, you and I both would have liked somebody more liberal. And yeah. you and I both are proceeding from the presumption that the Democrat is going to maybe win the White House or yeah. it's likely the Democrat's going to win the White House and, and Hillary or Bernie no matter who it is, would appoint somebody that's more liberal than Merrick Garland. But at the same time, you also have to consider that right now the Supreme Court is like really it, it's operating shorthanded. And, yeah. and while we've had good outcomes in the union case and, you know, one person, the one, one, person one vote, yeah. like if remember that the Fifth Circuit case, the abortion case, the Fifth Circuit upheld the state's right to put those laws into place. So if that comes down as a 4-4 split, that's going to mean if you live in Texas, in Mississippi, or in Alabama, you're operating under one set of abortion laws, whereas if you live in New York or somewhere like in the Second Circuit, you're going to be operating under a whole different set. And so right now it seems like, okay, this is not such a big deal, but it is a big deal. We need nine people on the court. The court doesn't function properly without nine people. You know what? That's a really good point. So thank you so much for saying that. And just to talk about what happens when you have you don't have nine people. Well, I guess this has been this hasn't been a negative impact. But Supreme Court just made another decision on one person, one vote, and they voted against the um, against Abbott. So what the one person, one vote would have done was right no, now they, wrote, they voted in favor of Abbott. Abbott was the oh. state in that case. Oh, oh pardon me, pardon me. Uh, Evantel was the plaintiffs. I did a quickie on this. Right. You can go listen to it. Yes. Evantel was the plaintiffs. They were suing Abbott, who's the governor, yeah. because they were saying that the state should have counted only eligible voters. So registered voters. And the, the Supreme Court said, no, the way Texas did it was okay. They, counting all the voters was okay. But yeah. they didn't go as far to say that if Texas would have done it the other way, what yes. it, that would have been okay. And that is going to remain an open question, which is eventually going to go back to the court. Yep. Even more important, why we need to have nine members. So, right. guys, um, I, w- I have a conversation I want us to have about Bernie Sanders, Daily News at Board, Daily News editorial board interview and something you said about Hillary. So do you do we have any other news stories we want to get to before then? <laughs> I'm like I'm actually giving like like you're like like look guys get them out the way now. We need to talk about Bernie. No seriously, I've, I've been yeah. holding on to this. Any other hey, news stories? Let's wanna... talk Bernie. All right, so I'm going to start off with the Daily News editorial board meeting. So as someone who's spilling the burning, who was at his event yesterday, oh god, like stop Selena, bragging. I was just mentioning it for our listeners. <laughs> I was very disappointed when I read the Bernie Sanders editorial board interview with the Daily News. He could not answer questions about like his main po- like his main policy positions on banking so j- because i don't want to butcher it more or less 
one of the questions the Daily News editorial board member asked them was, so say you'd find this way to punish the banks for what they did, and the Supreme Court pushes back and say, no, you can't do that. Then what do you do? And he said, I honestly hadn't thought about that. That's an mm. interesting question, and it's something that, I mean, here's the question, though. I wonder what Hillary's response would be to that question. She because, would have had one. Uh, you, you're making that presumption. Yeah. On, on, like, you know, I, that's the thing when we're talking about these two candidates is mm-hmm. I'd like to see a single question asked and an answer that is a response from both of them so that we can compare and contrast their right. positions. And well, so when Bernie is asked a question and gives an answer and we're like, OK, yeah, that's not really a great answer. He doesn't really have a plan. Then you want to know what Hillary's plan would be. But what? I don't even want to say something, Selena, but this is not like we're asking him a question about, you know, how he feels about the equator. This is like his number <laughs> one. No. And what I mean by that is like this is not like a fifth or sixth level issue. This is his priority issue. And this is not back in Iowa caucus when it's still the beginning of the campaign. This is deep into the campaign. You have to have those kind of answers. Selena? And you're speaking as a Bernie supporter, right? Yeah. I mean, I think Alyssa, you know, makes a good point. You know, they'll both be debating here in Brooklyn on Thursday, God willing. And, you know, I'll be watching hopefully there. I don't know yet, Alyssa. But I think that, um, you know, you do need to be, to be you need to be prepared. And it's funny that I think Alyssa said that she thinks Hillary Clinton wouldn't have had an answer. Do you? Hillary I think Clinton, I did say I think what, she would have. She said I, you don't I know. Said, I think I don't know whether oh. or not yeah. she would have had an answer. I need to go for Here's that. Here's what a friend of mine said to me. And she, she's a Hillary supporter on full disclosure. She said Hillary faced the Republican Party in a right. hearing for, I think, eight hours and didn't flinch. Bernie Sanders couldn't get through an editorial board meeting. That's very true. Yeah, the stakes were much higher. Right. right. And no. this is like he's had plenty of times, plenty of time to think about this because this is not like some faraway question that you wouldn't think about. Right. This it's is a real thing. Issue. Supreme Court could push back on your decision. So what do you do? And you don't have a plan B <laughs> now. Like what's that? That's that's very problematic to me. And then he at one point in an interview, he said, oh, you know, I would break up the banks. And later on, he said, I wouldn't break up the banks. I can't do that. I'm not a dictator. Then he said, how would you do it? And he said he would use Dodd-Frank. But you can't use Dodd-Frank to break up the banks. So what was he saying? I would suggest I would suggest reading the interview, like the the passionate part. The reason that I love him, we talked about how unfair this right. is and why he wants to fight mm. was great. But he didn't have a solid answer on how he was going to do what he said he would do. You know what? That brings up a great point because Bernie Sanders also last week called Hillary Clinton unqualified. But if you think about how he responded to this to this interview, it seems like he's maybe a little bit more underprepared than he needs to be for the presidency if he was to step I mean, into office tomorrow. But just like on the other hand of that is like compared to the people that are running on the Republican side, both Bernie and Hillary are supremely qualified to lead this country. And that's why... Like as a, uh, and I'm gonna be like I I like Bernie. Right. I'm gonna probably vote for Bernie next week in the yeah. primary. Um, but you know what? Like I'm I like. And I do think that there are issues with Hillary, um, you know, things that I don't necessarily agree with her on. Yeah. But there's things I don't agree with Obama on. So right. it's like, and that's the other thing, which is people I'm sort of finding like have created this artificial standard where if Obama does it. And Hillary says the same exact thing. They're like, boo on Hillary. But I'm like, but Obama supported that policy. Like the crime bill? And they like, and they love, well, no, not the, no, 